Hey, long-time listener here, Belly Slater. Uh, this is for the grit, calling from David's cozy cul-de-sac. And uh, just a, a barrel and a nod here real quick. Wondering if stating a, uh, you know, pretty staunch opinion and then immediately backing out of it and saying you're not the expert, is that a barrel or a nod? You know, you can't really disclaim something right after you've claimed it. So, barrel or nah, keep up the work. He makes a great point. Biggest barrel ever. You come out hot, you come out firing, and then you quickly and furiously backpedal. That's the strategy? That wasn't the original strategy when we first started recording this show. <laughs> That's your new that tempered is... adult strategy? That's it. You state what you really feel. And then you soft sell it so much that the plausible deniability is everywhere. That's what it is. Nobody can be yep. pissed except that one listener right there. Not one person. Um, how was 4th of July? Did you spend it in Cabo? It was great. Sure did. It was a wonderful 4th of July. Spent it surfing warm water waves. Spent it eating good food at this place called Flora Farms, which everyone knows. Have you been to Flora Farms? I haven't been to Cabo in like 15 years. Well, Flora Farms is like the place to be for everyone now. Did, it's one um, of those weird little restaurants. Do they celebrate 4th of July down there for the Americans who are tourists? They did. I saw in town, I do believe we were in town, I saw like a balcony with all red, white, and blue balloons and whatnot. Okay. Uh, there was some, yeah, but not a ton. Okay. Of didn't seem like it was red, white, and blue heavy. Did Flora Farms um, have hot dogs on the menu for you? They might, they, they think they had a special cheeseburger, if I do recall, but not a hot dog. Oh man, but I saw a danger dog on the street and it looked and smelled so good that I almost celebrated 4th of July right then and there. You know, the hot dog, I really denied its uh, glory for a lot of years just because it's the lowest quality of meat. And I think, I don't know, I just grew out of it at some point. Maybe I ate too many when I was young or something like that. But as I've gotten older, one a, one a year, maybe two a year are amazing. Have I talked about Korean corn dogs on this show yet? No. Have you ever had one? No, but a, I don't know what a Korean one is, but an American corn dog absolutely should replace a hot dog at 4th of July because that is the far superior product. Okay, for sure. And then let me tell you, David Lee Scales, what Koreans have done to the corn dog. A Korean corn dog is a thing. Like it is a tried and true thing in Korea. These Korean corn dog shops now, or storefronts, whatever they are, restaurants, I suppose, are in America. You can find them. Okay. Uh, I haven't tried all of Rider. There's a whole different style to it. Like, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do it. I've only gone one, which I think is the traditional, where basically, what is a corn dog truly, but basically a donut with a hot dog in it. And that's more or less what the Koreans do. They roll it in sugar. Uh, and then put like their uh, mustard and ketchup on it. It is the most delicious thing I think I've ever had in my entire life. But is it sweet? Yeah, it's like sweetish, huh. like, uh, but not like overwhelmingly sweet. Interesting. The yeah. Koreans do everything better. There's now a ton of Korean uh, fried chicken places around. Yep, of and course, of course. the fried chicken's amazing. I mean, I've known yeah. about Korean barbecue for a very long time, but the fried chicken, it beats American fried chicken. Koreans, I mean, 
Have you ever, for sure Korea has surf, right? I mean, James Bond surfed there a long time ago, but surfed it's not, a wave not that known looked for a lot world, like Jaws. Yeah, not known for world-class surf, but there is surf. Because everything else about Korea, from Korean uh, television to Korean music to Korean cuisine, Korea is having the biggest cultural come up that I've ever experienced in my life. Me too. I'm here for it. I'm going to go on a search yeah. this weekend for the Korean corn dog. Do they call it Good. something I, different? No, it's Korean corn dog. Perfect. I'm in. Yeah. Cool. Good. Uh, hey, we got feedback uh, of obviously about Eric Logan's departure last week. That was such huge news. The first email says, DLS and CS, I hope you don't use this week's episode to brag ad nauseum about the departure of ELO from the WSL. Yes, you called it. Yes, you've been calling it for years now. Yes, it's a little bit surprising that it took till now. Sure, it's worth rehashing the failures of ELO as the CEO of the WSL for a bit, but move on quickly. I'm sure you will. More interesting is what happens next. Regards, Bob T. in Minneapolis, of all places. Thank you, Bob T., for listening all the way from Minneapolis. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, I don't even think we need to really dwell. I mean, it'll come out. I'm getting flack. I don't know if you're getting flack. I'm getting receiving heavy, heavy flack in the Beach Grit comments for not being forthcoming as to what actually happened. Why Eric Logan was so brutally and ruthlessly beheaded. Do you know or have you heard rumors about why he was let go? I certainly have heard rumors. Uh, I don't know why. Like, yeah, I mean, I think being a gossip monger, people think, well, you'll just throw any old rumor up. But I'm usually pretty careful with my rumors. And this one seems like it needs to be real kids glovey, these rumors. Uh, I'm wondering if you heard the same rumor I heard. <laughs> does it involve surfers? Yes. Okay, then it's probably the same rumor. Does it involve multiple? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay. but I we'll if we're thinking of the same rumor, if we're thinking of the same rumor, this one I think was debunked, which is uh, why I haven't been real forthcoming in putting stuff out there yet. Well, if it's debunked, then I think you can just share it, right? As But I don't know if you can, right? I don't know should we I mean I don't is gross speculation like where are we legally here? I don't well dude, I'm no lawyer. <laughs> you really can't trust me. It is gross speculation and I'll tell you when I heard it, I just thought to myself that sounds like BS because Eric Logan is smarter than that. Like there's no yeah. way that he would have uh presented that that idea. And yes. cuz he's just not that dumb, you know, and I know like yeah. oh when he drinks, he gets a little bit more loose, you know, or whatever. And it's like, even if he's fully drunk, he's not that dumb. And so this felt like it was just to kind of besmirch his character. Exactly. And so that's why I suppose, uh, that's why I'm going to, I'm going to leave this. People can let their imaginations run wild, I suppose. But also making fun of Eric Logan was totally fun, but to, but to really stain someone's character, uh, especially after, I think Gen C made a very good point of when he first was fired, when we all first found out that he was fired, uh, punching at Eric when he was the CEO of the World Surf League was punching up. Uh, punching at an unemployed man who just was fired from his job is kind of punching down, right? Mm -hmm. And so to, to, he totally deserves it all because he made such a mockery of surfing. He was such a clown 
that it still feels fun and funny, but without the title of chief executive, it feels less good to tar a man, you know, and it'll come out. So to the people who are mad, I will get to the, I will find out one of these rumors will be true and then I will say it. Okay. I disagree with you and Gen C. As I stated in the last show, if he's not a one percenter, he's a two percenter. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of 2%, not only of a collection of wealth and assets in the U.S., I'm talking worldwide. Like, he's done well. He's fine. Okay, maybe 5%. I should back that up a little bit, pat it a little bit. But he's still, he's doing fine. He's not an unemployed man. That's not the scenario that he needs to be painted with. And the kind of other detail is the offense that he has assaulted us with for the last five years has earned him any bit of flack that we're going to give him because the offense was intentional all along the way. He had a missive from an actual one percenter, Dirk Ziff, who, by the way, may be the real villain in all of this. So if we're going to... Of course he is. Yeah, if we're going to deflect any blame from Eric, this is where we would deflect it right up to Dirk. So Elo had a missive from the actual one percenter. And part of that missive was to just ignore and deflect any flack that we give him back. So it's come into this culture and leverage and um, exploit that culture for our own interests and just tell them to shut up along the way and continue to do what we want to do. And that's exactly what happened. And so for us to give Eric Logan flack at this point, he deserves it. He was the guy who was there to take the flack in the first place, and he got paid handsomely for it, and he's fine. You know, he's not destitute. I I totally hear you, but to Bob T's point, it's time to point the cannons elsewhere, really. I mean, I'm going to get to the bottom. I will get to the bottom of, and dear listener, I am not trying to hang you out to dry on purpose. Like, the rumor mill, what we know, what we all know together is that Eric Logan was fired for some offense in Brazil, right? That's the only way I've heard he was fired. I can share that factually. He was fired, he, was, he didn't quit, right? Yes. Uh, the nature of his firing and the tone in which the World Surf League advertised his firing is such that it se- clearly seems like he was fired for cause. He wasn't fired Correct. for something. So he did something or something happened in Brazil and I promise you reader i will get to the bottom of what that is but also the amount of stray rumor flying right now is uh a lot and i don't feel comfortable with the nature of those rumors i i because especially when they especially when they are debunked relatively quickly so totally agree with you um there's two things just to kind of close it up is if one of those rumors that we're kind of hearing is true, it validates the reason why it's uh, valid to discuss once we find out that it's true is that it validates the poor character that we were kind of pointing at all along. Like him playing the role that I just defined that he was playing in the WSL is not a noble position. And so if beyond that profession, he interacts in a certain way interpersonally, then it validates like, oh man, it's shitty character. Wow, that guy has a shit bag. And then we can kind of move on from it. But number two, the other thing that kind of in closing, the most interesting thing is how nobody has said what it actually is. Because in all other surf industry rumors, 
everybody kind of gossips. We find out it's an, maybe it's an even open secret, but you and I find out we know people that are there on the ground. We know the pro athletes. We know the people that work in the organization and it just gets around always. This is the first time where it is so tight lipped that we actually don't know. People on the ground don't even know, which makes me think it was strictly between two or three people like and whoever and was offended by it or confronted by whatever it was that he did took it straight to the bosses because it was a legal liability for the organization and boom that was and, it and also like serious serious ndas were signed Correct. right like yeah. there was this was a legal operation yes. where no because again you're exactly right like i know many many people close to the levers of power, I'll say, and they have no idea. They're scrambling as much as I am to try to find the truth. It will come out. And again, not just to, not to paint Eric Logan with a worse brush than he's painted himself with, uh, but I do think it's important that the truth come out. I think the yeah. whole, why the, why the wheels fell off the World Surf League and continually fall off is because there's such a lack of both like caring about their audience uh, and truth, and I think it's important for those two things to come back, right? To treat the surf fans with dignity of this is why he was fired, right? Like this is what he did that got him fired. Any other NFL, if you know anyone else, if any commissioner or head of any league was brutally fired mid-season, there would be an explanation as to what happened. It might not be fully detailed, but it would be at least because you know, like it was, he crossed the morals clause or, you know, whatever. There was something that happened in his thing. And with the World Surf League, for like Jesse Miley Dyer, basically, just to be back in a swimming pool in Rio, showcasing pool life, you know, I love, everybody knows me, I love a swimming pool. Is like the amount of head in the sand, uh, disdain for their own audience is something that, that yeah, is, is just, is frustrating. Great call. Um, I've got one listener email that is a perfect transition away from this topic and on to what's next after the ELO era. DLS, the king is dead. Long live the kings. Everyone's got an angle. The grip boys have one too. My guess, based off the posturing within the last couple dozen of episodes, is that you and Chaz would very much like a seat at the king's table. Starting with hiring recommendations in the post-ELO era is the right first step to securing the seat. You need to take it a step further. Here's the play. You've got to reach out directly to Ziff. Chaz, if not Chaz, Chaz's bride will find a way. Explain to him that the tides of ideological sentiment are shifting. Cite RFK, Elon Musk, and the French riots. Tell him to look at the attendance numbers at this year's Davos. There were more people uh, than that on the quote beach at the 805 Beers Surf Ranch Pro. Just ask the porta potties. Billionaires don't care about ideology. They care about, in order, survival, power, notoriety, and they line up with whatever is fashionable, like aspiring TikTok influencers in front of the Gucci store. This is Ziff's chance for him to move a peg or two, maybe three or four, up the social ladder. Wokeness and feigned awareness were so 2019. The plebes are in revolt, and the next trend is decentralization. So hot right now. Give the WSL back to the core surfing community. Grassroots organizations of local events. Local stars given a chance to shine. 
text-in voting in real time alongside Surfline's high-end streaming partners. The Surfline connection is rough, but we got to start somewhere. This would be a big shift, but the ashes of the WSL need some time to smolder before the Phoenix can rise. The good Ziff name need not be tarnished. He can throw his scraps back off the table into the hungry dogs that bark at his feet, and we will love him for it. He has the chance to be the tip of the spear for the movement to give the people what is rightfully theirs. He can be the vanguard and earn himself a place in the annals of history. Maybe he can throw in his cotton plantation as a further gesture of good faith. Unless he goes big, he's going to uh, end up a third-rate imitator of Bill Gates. Hero or despot? Or despot? Flip a coin. The league is worth nada anyways. History will be the judge. Keep up the work. Bob. I absolutely love it. That is, if there was ever a perfect uh, message to us, it was that one right there. I agree. Top to bottom. Well done. Completely true. And I will. I will reach out to Dirk. And he's exactly right. Like, what's he doing now? What's his... He has... He has... Dirk has, with the organization, has pivoted so many times with each one being an abject failure, right? WSL Studios, failure. Television, failure. Uh, Expanding to, you know, whatever, failure. Getting bigger. I mean... Buying buying a wave pool. Failure. Failure. Yeah. Like, all, all of it is a, has been an abject failure. And so just to say, hey, look, man, no, there's no, you're not going to pivot again and find the magic sauce here, right? There's no magic in this organization. This organization needs to be completely gutted and rebuilt. There's no way you can keep the World Surf League the way it is and have it be successful. That has to be wholesale remade exactly like Bob has suggested. Uh, and the best way to do it, I mean, it's funny, the wife and I were out front sitting poolside talking about it this morning. Like, what would you do, right? As, of course, as you probably saw, Stab chose her as one of the 10 potential CEO picks for the World Surf League. Uh, and, you know, what does it look like? And it, what it looks like is a wholesale remake. For sure. Would she take the job if the job was offered? That's funny. I don't, I've, she'd probably think about it. It'd be a real... Uh, It'd be enticing in, I think, the possibility of rolling up more uh, and figuring out kind of a bigger strategy. Yeah. That's what I was saying, I think, to Scott Bass was, we don't need somebody who's looking at this as, this business is losing 20 million bucks a year. Let's figure out how to make it profitable. You need somebody who looks at it and says, this is a billion dollar business. Let's figure out how to get to a billion. Because it is, you know, in the way that the UFC was when nobody believed that it was. It could be. I mean, nobody, I mean, that's the thing. Nobody believes, right? Nobody believes not only, I think, that surfing in itself can't be a billion-dollar business. I think people think that rolling everything together, surfing, snowboarding, skateboarding, mountain biking, da-da-da-da, you're still not profitable. Like, there's the audience is just too small to move the needle, even when you combine everything, which would be the, proving, proving that wrong would be interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I have a follow-up call from your, uh, idea that about locals in Lemoore that boots on the ground. Chaz and David, Max Neoprene calling from San Francisco, longtime caller, first time listener regarding Chaz's comment about the locals at Lemoore. Hey, uh, I'm not proud of it, but I did surf the uh, tank a couple of years ago and I was talking to one of the uh, kids in the tower, one of the lifeguards. 
I said, hey, do you surf? He said, yeah. I said, uh, where'd you learn? He said, here. And I said, how often uh, How often do you get to ride the, uh, the wave pool? He goes, oh, I get one or two waves a month. One or two waves a month, and the guy's sitting there watching us all day long. That is not good. That's an employee of the tank, not even someone from the local community who's just hoping to catch a break. So uh, very stingy there, that's for sure. Keep up the work. Yeah, the any legitimate, or not legitimate, but like up-and-coming shift in the culture that comes from the wave pool community won't be Lamar. No. It'll be no, Waco, it'll be Texas or something. Texas, exactly. It'll be one that is a... Because those, again, those are pools for the people. Yeah. I like, they have a price point. Uh, you know, anybody could almost buy in. And I do, I think even those Waco and those, don't they do like community outreach kind of stuff? Like, I'm sure there's, I'm sure they're doing something. They like, they're, they're not idiots like the World Surf League. Yeah. Uh, who love more than anything to be hypocritical. Yeah, totally. All right, well, hey, we got a couple of pros in the wild submissions where we're going to give away a Buell wetsuit at the end of the month. Boom. How about that? The first one comes from longtime listener and caller Animal Chin. He lives in Southern California where there are pros in every lineup. So here we go. David Lee, Chaz, this is the Animal Chin calling in from San Clemente with uh, two pro in the wild stories with the same surfer. So one time at Salt Creek, I'm looking down here, heavy footsteps running down. And Christian Fletcher, he is eating a burrito and smoking a cigarette at the same time. And uh, we paddle out roughly at the same time. And uh, he's taken off on a wave, and there's a kid um, pretty much at Middles at Salt Creek. He was at Point, and kid probably had to be eight or nine. And he starts screaming, no, fuck, no, fuck, no, fuck. And uh, all the way down to middles, hits the section, does like a 12-foot air. The kid goes straight, and then he kind of gives the kid the squirrely eyeball. Second story about Christian Fletcher surfing Pochi with either Laser or Zappa, one of the, his brother's kids, sitting way out back on a glider, taking off on bombs with this little tiny grom on the nose of the board doing big cutbacks, dropping to the bottom, pretty gnarly. So uh, two, two uh, opposite sides of the same coin, freaking out about kids and stoking out kids, kind of interesting. And, uh, yeah, burrito and cigarette combo is definitely a barrel or not question. So leave that up to you guys later. It's funny. Keep up the mediocre I... work. Totally forgot to say that. Um. Christian Fletcher literally posted on Instagram this morning and it was his breakfast, which was a pack of cigarettes and a Red Bull in, it looks like he's in Thailand or something. And it's like, that guy will not quit. I mean, he's no. been on that diet since I was a kid. So 30 years. I mean, yeah, the, the Fletcher DNA is so strong. Those Fletchers, whatever, whatever Herb and Dib did to make that Nathan and that Christian. And then now this Grayson, like, yeah, that is a strong DNA. Too bad John from Cincinnati utterly destroyed their family story. Totally. Um, the, so the Christian, Fle first of all, Christian Fletcher, 
would never exist in today's environment. Like if he was on the rise in professional surfing in today, he is going to offend every single human being. Like the fact that he still hasn't been canceled, he somehow is so offensive that he's like uncancelable, I think is what it yeah. is. Um, he's like George Carlin. Yeah. Or and it's exactly the way that his body operates too on that diet. It's just like you can he's gonna he's not sensitive to anything at this point. He's fortified himself against anything that would normally take down a normal human being, and so he just exists on a different plane. Yeah, it's true. Um but that's funny that story about him. It sounded, I couldn't quite tell what the animal chin was saying. It sounded like he did an air over a kid who was dropping in in front of him, and the kid went straight. He literally did that exact thing to me at uppers one time when I was like 16 or 17 years old. The waves were actually really good, and he was pumping down the line. And it's one of those things where when you're first getting into surfing, you paddle towards the shoulder of the wave, not realizing how fast a professional surfer can actually go. So like when I was paddling out, he was way down the line initially coming towards me. And I just thought, oh, I can paddle towards the shoulder. There's no chance that he's going to make this section or go that fast. And the closer he's getting, I can't really redirect a different direction. And he's going full speed. And I'm just thinking, oh, no, he's coming straight at me. And as I was I was going to try to like duck dive him, he was bottom turning and he went straight and hit the lip. And I saw a glance of him hitting the lip right before I duck dove. And... I went under the water and then I came back and looked back and he was like ten, five yards beyond where he hit the lip. So I think that he just did a massive air off the section that I was duck diving and then landed it and kept surfing. And I was like, dude, from the beach, that probably looked like he did an air over a kook. You know? That's amazing. That I wish we had Surfline Rewind for those days right there. For sure. For sure. Um, what a character, though, Christian Fletcher is. Character. Um, this other pro in the wild comes in from a listener via email he says hey writing in for the grid i have a bit of a layered one here pros in the wild plus a kook in the current kook and current when i was in high school the summer between my junior and senior year i went on a surf trip to cabo which is where Chaz is right now to meet some family friends they were staying at an artist retreat and that was not being used at the time kind of convoluted another story in itself what I didn't realize was that, the, was that the Los Cabos Open of Surf was running at the exact same time. So there were pros everywhere. We were mainly surfing shipwrecks. And during one session, Mitch Cruz, Jack Freestone, Mason Ho, Anastasia Ashley were all out ripping. I'll never forget this one wave. I was going down the line. I'm goofy, so I was backhand. And Jack Freestone was in the process of shoulder hopping me. At one point, he saw me, so he stopped paddling, but he snowballed the shoulder just slightly pretty tasty section for a kid that hadn't fully grasped the mechanics of backhand surfing. I managed to hit Jack's snowball section and by no volition of my own, my fins proceeded to drift almost all the way around. Let's call it a half of a back spaz reverse. It was such an out of control and unfamiliar feeling that I just spazzed out and punched through the back of the wave head first. When I popped up uh, out the back, Jack was right there in front of me. I was pretty shocked and in awe of being in such close proximity to a pro that I didn't say anything, just proceeded to paddle down the point to my rightful place. The other detail to this story is that I was riding a board with a Posca paint pen flames on it. Uh, it was, it was def I was definitely a kooky kid, further reinforcing that this move is only for currents and kooks. That being said, I stand by the flames. They make you go faster. 
I didn't have any Ever. run-ins or interactions uh, with pros apart from gawking at and praying that Anastasia Ashley would compliment my flames. Cheers, Steve. <laughs> That's, a, that's epic. I think in the running for the Buell wetsuit, Stevens takes the first place position right now. Definitely, definitely. Like doing a half blow tail, popping up, being in awe of Jack Freestone. I love that it's Jack Freestone too. Like of all, you know, we talk about like the Christian Fletchers or the Tom Currens or like these kind of legendary figures, but like the Jack Freestone is a legendary figure for the ones who came up after, right? Totally. And it's always funny when somebody sets the stage for a story that took place in the distant past. And then Jack Freestone is the Jack character. Freestone. And you're like, Jack Freestone's <laughs> new. Like, <laughs> And then you really have to take a long, hard look in the mirror and you realize, well, Jack Freestone was on tour. When was that? Last year? No. The year before? No. No, he was on tour like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if then even. He might even be coming up on a decade off tour. <laughs> Maybe. Um this, this actually reminds me, the Ragland Surf Report uh, also does a podcast, and they posted a clip of it this morning on Instagram, and his, they were talking about how, you know, everybody talks about Kelly Slater ruined our early surf experience because... The banana chip? Yes. The riding, the pointy, the elf shoe, rockered out, pointy thruster, zero volume was so influential that we all learned how to surf on a board that was impossible to surf. And so our learning curve just was a decade long. He was making the argument that the surf, uh, the board shorts of that era also contributed because they were like the knee length. Yeah. Past the knee. And he shows a bunch of clips of Andy Irons, Joel Parkinson, Taj Burrow, all wearing these trunks that are past the knee, which I did grow up wearing. And for those who'd never wore them, what happened was they get wet and they would wrap and cling to your knee so that you couldn't bend your knee. You're paddling with your legs flat and then you get up to, you try to get up and your knee is locked in a flat position. You cannot bend the knee. And so you almost have to like peel at them to get them to break free. So I thought that was kind of funny too, a different detail to the same thing. It is so true though, that the combo of the past the knee trunk and the, um, like the drag, I'm at, you're paddling a board that's barely floating anyway with the drag of like a parachute behind you. It is a parachute. Like, and, that's, and that's how you're surfing. That's the way you're surfing. But then it made me also realize that that's why those surfers were so good. Like the ones who actually rose to the top in that era were just, it, it cut out all the chaff basically. I mean, imagine what an Andy Irons say in his prime could do on a, like a better board of today. Not saying that uh, his shapers were bad, but a better board of today with a modern surf trunk. With a technical four-way stretch. Yeah. <laughs> which actually leads us, I think, to our uh, next call, which is a trust in us presented by Sun Bum, which Chaz Ooh. desperately needs right now in Cabo. Guess what? I've been, I brought our Sun Bum all of it down here, it is all gone. There's no sunburns around. Everybody is so glowingly healthy and perfect. Like I've been on, it has been hot here. It has been hot and sunny and the place we're staying doesn't have air conditioning. So it means everybody's outside basically all day in the blazing hot sun. Nobody's sunburn, everybody's just fine. 70, we've been burning through the sunbum 70. Incredible. Yep. Yeah, we've been using it too. I actually got this last uh, pack that they sent me has baby 
It's called Baby Bum, actually, is what they call it. Sweet. Yeah, Baby Bum uh, Mineral 50 for the kids. So we're hosing him down in that every single day because, obviously, it's hot here. He's spending time in the pool. So, anyways, we trust in the bum, and our listeners trust in us. We go to sunbum.com. Uh, they've got merch now, rad T-shirts. Use promo code SURFSPLENDOR15 for 15% off. Stock up there, or just get it from your local surf shop, of course. Um, this call comes in from the Big Island of Hawaii. How's it? This is Josh from the Big Island of Hawaii. Um, I'm not sure what podcast this could fit into this question of mine, but it's been bothering me for a while. Um, on the east side of the Big Island, there's a really popular uh, spot called Honolulu. I'm not blowing anybody's mind by saying it on here. It's a well-known spot. And it actually has a placard, an informational placard, that tells you the rules of surfing and what you can expect uh, for that location as far as dangers and whatnot. And I don't know if it was county or private donation that got that put up, but I was just wondering what your input is on whether county should be forthcoming and put up these informational placards for different breaks that are highly visible, easily accessible, and um, that draw more of a beginner crowd. Because I feel like if I were beginning surfing now, I would much more appreciate all that info instead of the hard knock lessons of hitting rocks, hitting locals, injuring people, breaking the rules and getting yelled at and then being ashamed and scared to go out again if you see that person, you know? So I feel like it'd be a good thing if the county could just put some info out there for the people who are about to, you know, put their lives at as well as others at risk. Thanks, boys. You first. What are your thoughts on this? Even better than the placard, because I totally to his point, I think what the problem is these days, I think people don't care, right? Our dear listener cared about breaking the rules, didn't want to be in the wrong, you know, felt shame, all the things that you should feel. I think that people these days, the adult learner or the beginning surfer, what they feel more than anything is a sense of entitlement, Mm. like the ocean doesn't belong to you. And sort of by saying that, they're saying it belongs to me. And I've seen people like just this trip. uh, I saw some guy, uh, some adult learner guy sitting way on the shoulder some guy was really deep, had already basically caught the wave. This guy on the shoulder was yelling at him. He said, hey, yeah, you, you can go on this one. You can go on this one. Like he was, he was giving the guy in the right position the right to the wave that he clearly somehow thought, you know. And so I don't know in his mind if he thought the rules of surfing are you caught the last wave, so I get to catch this wave. Who knows, right? It's all a mash. I think putting a placard there is yes, that's one step. I think they will look at it and say, those rules don't apply to me. I'm a unique individual. Uh, so what they need, have you ever been to, when, when was the last time you were at, uh, is it Honolulu Bay? No. Uh, what is it on Oahu, Hanamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunamunam
and watch a video, except the person on the video giving you the information of how to do it should be Eddie Rothman. Uh, and it should just be, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. If you do this, you know, let's find out what happens to you. Let's find out, okay? And then, uh, there, and then set them off. There you go. See, I'm taking the exact opposite stance from both you and the caller. I think any time we allow the county to intervene and to prov- provide the rules and regulations, it's a step in the wrong direction. And so I know he said when I was learning, I would have appreciated having this information instead of getting in the way of a local or finding out where the rocks were on my own. I think that was actually good in the way that the long board shorts made Taj Burrow the best surfer that he could possibly be by restricting his access. I think that all of those rules in nature are far better regulators than the county is because the county doesn't freaking get it at all. Anyways, the placard that they're going to provide is going to be the kookiest thing. And what's worse is that it does what he said. It encourages novices to feel that they have impunity. You know, like they would walk up to that spot, see the crowd, see the rocks and maybe walk away. But once they get the placard, that's a green light for them. I hear you, except I just think that they don't care. I think people don't care anymore. People think I'm getting mine. I don't care about whatever your thing is. Like the amount of, uh, yeah, yesterday, again, saw some guy mowing down the line. Some guy blatantly drop in, like really dumbly drop in. And then continue. The guy yelled at him, right? The guy kept going. Guy yelled at him again. Guy kept going. Then this, the guy who dropped in did some, I don't know, went low or something. The guy who was rightfully his wave did a top turn and smashed right into him, right? Where, and then they got in a big yelling match. And for sure I know that the, whoever the front guy was saying, it was my wave somehow, right? The amount of care, the amount of like, I want to do the right thing. This is a me operating in this lineup means that, you know, there's rules, there's a hierarchy, all that. People don't, people think the hierarchy is, you know, that's the patriarchy, man. I'm here to crush that thing. I'm going to get mine. I'm here to do me. Well, the faster way to the writing of the ship is to run into rocks and get told to beat it by a local, you know, like it's not a faster way to get there by giving them a tutorial video after they see the placard. I just want Eddie Rothman to be hired by the state of Hawaii to give tutorial videos and then have those be sent around to different municipalities. I want, to, I want one of those at Cardiff Reef. I think it's a funny idea, and that video would end up on the inertia, trying to educate the <laughs> masses in the quickest fashion possible. Stinking the inertia. Well, we will, we will divide on this topic. Um, I'm going with absolutely take away all that county support and county kind of guidance. I don't think they're ever going to get it right in the first place. That billboard, that placard was designed by, you know, people in suits at a city hall meeting in a boardroom, basically, which is never going to be right. So I say the only thing this surf world needs is more Eddie Rothman. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you, Sunbum. Sunbum.com. Thanks for keeping Chaz and his family covered and slathered. By the way, also advice from Sunbum on their website, go ahead and allow yourself 10 minutes of direct access to sunlight without any protection, because that's good for you too. Just minimal amounts. Great. Great. Um, all right, well, hey, I know we are on a time crunch. Let's go to commercial break, and then we'll be back with, of course, Barrel or Not, presented by Buell.
Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Jazz, we're back. Barrel or nah, presented by Buell. Um, Buell, such fine suits. I see people here. The water is so warm, so warm. I still see them surfing in tops. And usually I would say you're foolish, but these days I think you're onto something. Buell got, makes a top. It's got to be a sun protection thing, right? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I think it's probably like a one mil. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how small or how thin a Buell goes, but... It made me think, I wish I had that here because the sun, like I'm wearing a t-shirt. I've already ripped through two or three t-shirts just Great. because they get salt water and then just tear. Yeah. I not proud to admit supporting fast fashion, but what I've done on surf trips in the past is just get like H and M five or $10 t-shirts or whatever they are with the sole intent of ruining them Ripping in the them. water with wax and yeah. sunblock and all that kind of stuff. And then just leaving them behind. Yeah. Um, Landfill. Okay, so uh, BuellSurf.com, we got to deliver the important information to listeners so that they could save 25%. The promo code is BuellGrit25, the number's 25. And I've started getting feedback from people about getting suits, and it's all positive. Somebody was like, got the wrong size, had to return it. The customer service was top-notch, and they did it quickly. Uh, obviously the suits are great. So save yourself 25% at BuellSurf.com. Buell is fast becoming the AG1 of wetsuits. <laughs> great call, dude. <laughs> that is a great call. They should use that. Uh, okay. <laughs> Barrel or nachas? Having waiters sing on your birthday at a restaurant. It's really no barrel. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to provide a caveat of having waiters sing to your friend when it's not their birthday, but even that, or yeah, all of it's bad. Waiters aren't singers. Waiters are not entertainers. Waiters are there to wait. And a good waiter, like to have a waiter 
demean himself or herself with singing is like that saying your job as a waiter is worthless is easy anybody can do it Mm -hmm. so we're going to make you sing like a clown yeah like a good waiter or waitress is such a skill like though they know the menu right they can suggest they can they make the experience uh, so much better, a good waiter or waitress. I'm gonna making them a clown is not cool. So they have no respect for the art of wait wait serving basically, and they also have no respect for the art of song and dance because yeah. you got somebody who's not good at either thing trying to do both things. Uh, I'm gonna make a claim that there is a direct inverse correlation between the number of happy birthday songs a restaurant sings at night versus the quality of the restaurant. Yep. So. The one who sings the most happy birthday songs is the worst restaurant you're ever going to go to in your life. And the best restaurant you ever go to in your life will never sing a happy birthday song throughout the course of the year. Has never done it once. I'm going to say TGI Fridays is probably the worst restaurant in the world. Anchored on that side. Yep. And then we have all the Michelin star, fine dining, et cetera, on the other side. Exactly. Yeah. So in between you have like your Applebee's, your... I guess that's not in between. That's far closer to TGI Also, is that a strictly American thing? Is there a, a single restaurant in Thailand that sings to their patrons? There's got to be. There's got to be a, like, almost, almost as a homage to an American restaurant where they do it. Yeah, maybe. There's probably a TGI Fridays in Thailand now that I think about it. Um, but, yeah, and it's also... The directing of the attention to your own table is yeah. just so embarrassing to me. Whether it's that or doing a wedding or a, a proposal, marriage proposal at your table and having everybody in the restaurant clap, like, uh, I'm just not into it. No, I'm, and you know, I'm here in Mexico, love mariachi music, but don't even like the roving mariachi band who comes and sits at your table. It's because, not, not because I don't like their music. It's just everybody's now looking at your table. When I'm at a restaurant, I didn't go to the restaurant to be on the stage. I didn't go to say, you know, look at me. I want to be as anonymous as possible at that restaurant. Fully. I grew up with that exact same ethos in my house where I think it was more a matter of my parents probably being cheap. They don't want to have to tip the mariachi band. But I agree with my parents. And because the guy who does call them over to the table is doing it just so that he could peel off a 10 and show yep. everybody else like I'm buying this song for my wife and my family. Look at me, you know, look at, I've got this money. I'm doing this. I know La Cucaracha. That's the one song I know. And I'm going to have these guys play it. It's the worst dude. It is absolutely yeah. the worst. So, okay. We're going, we're both agreed on that. No, um, the next barrel or not comes from a listener kind of related. Jazz, David, Carol Arnaud, synchronized, unplanned dance. So I'm thinking like cha-cha slide, Macarena. Maybe if you're in the middle of America, line dancing. I don't know any line dancing, but I know they do it out there. So unplanned, synchronized dancing. You know, you're at a... The electric boogie or whatever it's called. You're at a group environment. It could even be a club, let's say. And yes, that dance comes on and everybody or that song comes on and everybody who wasn't dancing is like i know this one they get up on the floor and in unison synchronized dance this is a really tough one because uh i'm not shy to admit 
there's been at times when this has happened and I think, why haven't I spent the five minutes to learn that thing? Like I could be there doing it, but I can't, I have to, I have to, not that I'd like to be on the dance floor, but you know, like, I don't know any of that. I am illiterate when it comes to choreographed dancing and I shouldn't be illiterate at something. I should at least have like a one shtick, right? Yeah. So maybe, I'm going to say it's barrel. Maybe I'm going to say it's the when Macarena. That, yeah. When the Macarena comes on, I should be able to say, okay, I'm going to take the five minutes it takes to learn the Macarena. And when it comes on, I'm going to be out there with everybody else doing the Macarena. I'm going to be part of that community spirit. So I hear you. This one I had to think long and hard about because I was really torn. I think we've talked in the past about dancing at weddings. And for the first 30 plus years of my life, I was just like, I couldn't get past my own pride and discomfort. I was just not going to dance. You know, I, I didn't yeah. feel comfortable getting loose like that in front of everybody. And in the last 10 years or whatever, since I've let go of that, I'm having the time of my life at weddings dancing. Right. And I'm like, why was I such a curmudgeon up until now? So yeah. when I heard this call, I was like, I admire those people who just don't mind making a fool of themselves. But I do. I do actually have a little bit of a, I don't know, I disagree with it a little bit. I'm down freestyling and doing your own dance out there and having a blast. But the organized thing feels more forced to me. And it also feels like um, it's the same reason why everybody loves Journey. Like a Journey song comes on in a restaurant or a bar or whatever and everybody pulls out their lighter and they start swaying back and forth and they're like, I know this song, I love this song. And it's like, no, this is not only the worst rock song ever, the fact that everybody else loves it makes me hate it. You know, like yeah. you're, you're just following the hordes of people who like something because it's the sweetest, easiest version of it. And that's how I feel like the Macarena, any of those songs that has an organized dance is the worst version of a song ever. And so the fact that you've rallied around that is offensive to me. I'm just saying, as a Renaissance man, as a well-rounded man, learn one of them. Pick one and learn it. I haven't done that. I'm going to put that upon myself this month to learn one of these songs and be able to perform it when necessary. Well, you got to find the right, a good song then, because everyone that our caller mentioned or the Macarena are that song needs to die a fast death. If it goes away, I'd be totally fine. One, maca two, maca three, macarena. Exactly. Four, maca five, maca six, macarena. Um, okay, final barrel or not coming in. I believe it might be the same caller actually from uh, the Big Island. What up, my dudes? This is Josh from Hawaii. Um, I got a barrel or not, so I'm starting to experience MPB or male pattern fallness. I just got that little initial thinning on the top, you know? And recently, I've really started to play with it. I've been dyeing it. I've been doing leopard, bleach it, whatever. And I've been having fun with it because I only got it for so long. But recently, I've been rocking a mullet. And I'm really loving it. And I've never gotten more compliments on a hairstyle that I've ever done. And I was just wondering if it's a barrel or not to, you know, like have a rad haircut, even though you're starting to go a little bit of bald, you know? So that's it. Love the show. Hope you guys have fun with this and have a good one. Aloha. So novelty haircut. I'll say the only 
no barrel for a novelty haircut is if you're doing it ironically. I think if you truly, like this guy is liking his mullet, right? It works with him. Like he's clearly out and confident with it if he's getting compliments on it. He's not doing it like he, 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 look at my ironic hair. An adult male past the age of mm, 20, 20, I'm going to say 20. Because you don't see girls ever rocking ironic haircuts, right? They, nobody ever gets funny bangs, like funny, poofy ba 80s, ba 80s bangs, never, right? Never, never. No. The, like, and so I think if the whole other sex is not doing stuff, then you could think, okay, this is an immature male thing to do, is to be ironic with your hair. So let's not be ironic. But it's okay to have novelty or unique or wild or crazy as long as you're like, I actually like this, right? This is, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to pull the punch here and say, look at my funny hair. <laughs> like, I'm going to say, no, this is the, this haircut works for me. Yeah. And I think the key was at the very beginning of the call when he said he's starting to experience male pattern baldness. And so, you know what the most passionate love affair you're ever going to have in your life is, is the one that you know is fleeting. Yep. And that's what inspired his novelty hair pursuit is this is going away. I'm going to have fun with this while I can. Exactly. And so he is all in. And as we've discussed over and over again through barrel or not over the years, if you own it, it, it works for you. You know, like it if, totally you're, does. If, if you're not confident with whatever it is, whether it's the, uh, the, uh, what are the shoes that are slip on the loafers or the bow tie? Yep. If you're not yep. confident, you're not going to look good in it. But if you are, it's the best look. So this is where he's rocking is uh, yep. passionate, passionate love affair with the fleeting follicles. Keep having fun, yeah. my friend. Absolutely. Keep enjoying that. It won't. Just, yeah. It won't keep your fun long, on this. But it'll nope, be good. But just keep, keep it all on this side of irony. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, good. I, I think we landed on the same spot there oh he had a follow-up call too let me play that yo josh from big island again where it's the last one for today but uh i stopped washing my hair like you guys said and it looks great i think that's why i'm getting so many compliments on my mullet but uh yeah i don't wash it i stopped washing it nearly a month ago i just use like a natural bristle brush to scrub through it just to get that the good old dandruff out of there and it's fucking tip top thanks for the tip man if he would have taken that advice years ago he wouldn't be experiencing male pattern baldness right now he, he would have a full mullet but this is okay he gets the amount of passion he's going to get off his hair over the next two years is going to be a lifetime's worth exactly. of passion exactly enjoy it yep all right, well, thank you, BuellSurf.com, promo code BuellGrit25. We will give away one of those wetsuits at the end of the month to uh, the best pro in the wild submission that we receive throughout the course of the month. Again, so far, I'm saying Jack Freestone. And who would have ever thunk that Jack Freestone would beat Christian Fletcher as a better pro in the wild story, but not that the Christian Fletcher one was bad. But Christian Fletcher's was an expected pro in the wild story. Yeah, Jack exactly. Freestone popping up. That's unexpected. Well, the other thing is we expect the pro in the wild story to be about the pro. This one is really about Steven looking like a kook in front of a pro, which is a great yep. little yep. Know, deviation. Love it. All right, man. Well, hey, have a blast in Cabo. Uh, will you be home next week? 
Like, well, sure, that's why I've got to cut it short today is simply to run to the airport. Oh, no. Okay, cool. Well, cut it short. And uh, thank you, Buell. Thank you, ag1.com slash surf. Thank you, um, sunbum.com, promo code SPLENDOR15. And beachgrit.com, at surf journalist, at surf splendor. Until next week. Bon voyage. And don't forget to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash surf. That's linkedin.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.